Watch this. I'm going to read you guys a story about the boy and the fish. I'm going to read it to you all in Italian. Il bambino e pesce. Oh, boy. He's probably going to do this bit to every waiter he meets in Italy. We got to start the show, though, man. Apologies to our Italian listeners if he's actually saying this correctly, but I cannot sit through this. Sera, Paolo mangia pesce. At night, Paolo's eating fish. How about that? And any of that? Did you say anything about LeBron? Stop trying to make LeBron jokes while I'm trying to tell, show you how much I've learned. In LeBron Italian. actually kind of sounds like an Italian okay, name. Okay, stop it. You've ruined the whole thing. <laughs> I'm trying to become trilingual. Welcome in another episode of What's Right with Nick Wright, the podcast and YouTube show, our final episode before we go on an Italian vacation. By we, I mean me and my wife and some other people. Unfortunately, Demonze not going. His visa application got denied, but that's neither here nor there. Demonze will be here working, building a new podcast studio for us, doing so many things. I haven't told you about that. You've been commissioned into the labor at our where the new podcast studio is going to be, but that's neither here nor there. We have a lot to do today, including me taking the effort to get you on HBO as Byron Scott to the next level, trying to commission other media members. That will be on the show today. I have a t- I'm super excited for today's show because it is the last show before we go on vacation. And to me, this is the last show before football season truly begins. So let's get started right now, how we always do with what is not on the show. Here's what did not make the cut for today's show. Not on the show is Trayvon Diggs quitting Twitter because it's too toxic. Again, folks, just don't check your mentions. To the Also in the NFL, Rogers, I use... Uh, Oh, wow. Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca, pardon me. The NFL saying Aaron Rodgers' ayahuasca use is legal. And, oh, yeah, my buddy Maverick said, how much tequila? The answer was four cases, six bottles of every flavor of Lobos. That is, I think I gave one away to a friend. I brought one to a poker game. I already had opened one. But that's, I think, 22 or, yeah, 21 or 22 bottles. That's six of the Blanco, six of the Reposado, six of the Extra Añejo, which I particularly like, and six of the Mezcal, which I have not yet tried. So shout out to Lobos and shout out how, to Mike How much Lobos. do you think that would have cost you? Or how, how much do you think it would have sent if you ranked for Juan number two? Listen, Maverick and Maya's friendship is totally independent of my feelings about LeBron James. Okay. Totally well, glad you. That's... We never discuss LeBron when we see each other. Really? Yeah, tr- really. Okay. Yeah, Maverick, we talk about, I am interested in his business endeavors. He's interested in the media field to a degree, and that's what we talk about. It's mutualism. Mutualism, I'm not certain. Sure, let's call it that. I've never used that word before, but I think you probably, I think that's probably right. Yeah, we have a good friendship, independent, and the few times I've uh, interacted with LeBron, Maverick hasn't been there. These are unrelated yeah. things. It's just not, so I don't need you furthering that scurrilous rumor that those the friendship is based on some type of, you know, beneficial thing. Just, just want to know what's what. You the, know. Oh, okay, that's fine. One last note, though, I do want to say about there was. Oh, yeah. Before we get to the show, we have found 
six people who got the 12 players correct in order on the on the Twitter contest. I will later today, when you guys hear this, on Thursday, I will tweet out who the grand prize winner is, coordinate with them, their charity and the money, do all of that. And then I will also reach out to the other five people who we believe were the only six people to get it right. The grand prize winner is, of course, the person who was the first person to respond with all 12 names correctly. If you are one of the people that got it right and you do not get a tweet from me and from What's Right or from What's Right tomorrow, reach out to the What's Right show feed, my feed, DeMonte's feed, anyone's feed, and tell us we missed you because there were so many entries. It's possible we missed somebody. So we will do that tomorrow, which is actually today. The fact of the matter is we'll do it Thursday. Now, DeMonte, let's get the show actually started. What are we leading off with? Let's do it. Katie told the Nets owner, Joe Sy, it's either him or Sean Marks and Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. Sy, a little later, tweeted his support for Marks and Nash. Yep. You said that Katie managed to checkmate a billionaire. Yeah. Uh, but what exactly would make KD happy? He got traded. Yeah. The, I mean, that's, I don't know. And the point that I was making was this. I don't know that Kevin Durant actually wants these guys fired. If he, he's a smart guy. If he wanted these guys fired, the way to go about that is back in July, instead of demanding a trade, go to Joe Sy and say, hey, fire them. Or I will demand a trade and keep that private. Right. Instead, he has gone about it in a way that leads me to believe he asked for something that he knows he's not going to get. Asking for a head coach to be fired is not unprecedented, but it is still quite rare. I mean, Magic Johnson did it 40 years ago. We still remember it. Dwight Howard did it. We remember the Stan Van Gundy press conference. There were rumblings that LeBron was implying it about Spolstra and then outright did it with David Blatt. But it is very rare that a superstar flatly says, fire the coach. It is damn near unprecedented that a superstar says, fire the coach and the GM. Right. And then, and here's the other part of it, does it and then clearly leaks it. His people leak it. To Shams, so why do they do that? Because it makes bringing him back untenable. Right. Unless you're going to wants be like, to make okay, it uncomfortable for fire folks. him, which Joe Sy is not going to do, and Sy made it clear he's not going to do. How can you ask Steve Nash to coach him now? Right. And I think Kevin Durant knows that. So I think KD was just escalating the situation to a place where bringing him back is untenable because there were some feelings across the league, ah, they're not going to trade him. So what will make him happy? Again, I don't know that K- you know, KD's search for happiness seems to be an evaporating goal line for him, or goalpost. But I think in the moment, what he would say would make him happy would be if they traded him. And we, you know, there has been the Boston trade that's been out there. The New York Daily News just day before yesterday, put out almost player for player the exact trade I proposed. Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, I said Larry Nance. I think he said in the article, uh, Devontae Graham, doesn't matter. Same thing. Jose Alvarado was in it. And then all the draft picks. 
That's the trade that I think makes the most sense. You have to sell KD on the New Orleans piece of it because here's the other thing that I've heard people speculate. Well, you piss off Joe Sy, what if he sends you to Sacramento? What if he sends you somewhere you don't want to be? And people are operating under the foolish assumption that any organization in the league would benefit or want to have an unhappy, angry Kevin Durant. Right. You're not going to trade for KD unless he says, I want to be there because the team that just traded him has him under contract and would only be trading him because he said, I don't want to be there. And so I, the, I think the trade is going to happen. I think it's going to happen before the season begins. Will it happen before training camp? I don't know, but I do think it's going to happen. All right. We're still talking Durant. I think more KD. KD's about to be on his fourth team in seven years. Yeah. His legacy will be, Ruining the Nets and joining the best team ever, the Warriors. Uh-huh. Uh, as a basketball historian, will people remember KD for his play or will they remember him for his business decisions? Oh, I think his play. I think that the the Warriors piece of it, will uh, that part, I know people like to say, oh, history doesn't remember the details. There are certain details history does remember, okay? The... People know when we talk about, for instance, a player not of Katie's caliber, but a great player, Clyde Drexler, that yes, Clyde won his ring, and yes, he was a key piece of a championship team, but he did it on the defending champion Houston Rockets. People know that. People, when they talk about Bill Walton, they remember, yes, he's a two-time champion, but people know, if if you know anything about Bill Walton, There is one championship that he was the driving force behind with the Blazers in 77. And then there was the other championship where he was the sixth man with the Celtics in 86. They don't look at them exactly the same. Just like people take Shaq and Kobe. People know that Shaq won four rings and the last of which he was still a very good player, but D Wade was the driving force. And they know Kobe won five rings four of which he was a huge part of. The first one, not quite so much. Uh, but they also know that the last two were his ring. So it will always be a part of Durant's legacy that if, let me add this, especially if he doesn't win another title, that the two titles he won was alongside Steph Curry. Yes, it, he was the finals MVP. He was the best player on the Warriors in those series but it was with the Warriors who won a title before he got there, had the 73 wins before he got there, and then the real kind of knife to the back, won a title after he left, right? So that is going to be part of the story. I do not think this Nets tenure is going to be a big part of his story. I think when people talk about Kevin Durant, they're going to talk about how brilliant he was immediately how he was in the NBA Finals at 22 years old uh, with the Thunder, about how he was in the Conference Finals or further every year that he he was healthy and his team was healthy, how he then went to the Warriors and was the final piece of what many people believe to be the best team ever. And then I think they're going to talk about whatever this next and most likely last chapter is. I think they will kind of gloss over. Then after leaving the Warriors, missed a year with the Achilles, 
played with the Nets for a couple of years. That team was a mess. The, the Kyrie, that will be more. The Nets tenure will be a huge, much bigger part of Kyrie's story yeah. than Kevin Durant's story, especially because Durant, in his first year with the, well, his first healthy year with the Nets, not this past season, but the season before, was phenomenal in that series against Milwaukee. And I, if, if what people will remember, I believe, from the Nets part of his career is not was swept by the Celtics. What they'll remember is the foot on the line game seven. I think people will remember how brilliant he was in game five against Milwaukee and then the foot on the line, what people thought was the game winning three to beat Giannis and instead foot on the line, which as Giannis's legend continues to grow, that actually becomes not a knock on Durant, but almost a a boon for Durant. I just right. want to remind people real quick. I'm going to pull it up before we move on. How unbelievable he was in that series. He ran out of gas in overtime of game seven. So, so be it. But in that series, I can pull, I've got it right here. The 2021 Eastern Conference semifinals. Kevin Durant averaged 35 points, 11 rebounds, five assists on 50% shooting. And if you really go to, because if you remember that they had Kyrie for the first four games and then Kyrie got hurt, those final three games of that series, he was he was good the first three, scored at least 28 in, all th- in the first four, I should say, scored 28, 29, 30, and 32. In the final three games of that series, game five, he played all 48 minutes. It's the best game of his career. He had 49, 17. 10, 3, and 2, playing all 48 minutes. Game five, game six, that was the one in Milwaukee where they got blown out. He had 32, 11, and 3. And then game seven at home, he played all 53 minutes and had 48, 9, and 6. And then in overtime, ran out of gas, which is why the field goal percentage got hurt. But that game five, 49, 17, and 10 with... A compromised James Harden, no Kyrie. And by the way, those 49 points on 16 of 23 shooting on 70%, it's the best game he's ever played. All right, let's, let's move on. Uh, you tweeted that the Patriots' offense will be a train wreck this season. Uh, Mac Jones has really struggled. Reports also from practice that the offense looks totally out of whack. Yeah. Are you willing to put your money where your mouth is and bet New England under eight and a half? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. I mean, they're... No, no faith in old Belichick, huh? No, not this year. I they the, the Patriots. This is a shocking fact. They have the most expensive tight ends in football, the third most expensive wide receivers in football. The league average on cap this year on tight ends and wide receivers combined is thirty-five million. The Patriots are spending seventy million. There's only one other team spending more than 50 million. They are yeah. spending the most on that posi- those two positions, on pass catchers, of any team in the league by far. And they don't have a single A-level player. It's Devontae Parker. It's Janu Smith. It's Hunter Henry. It's Nelson Aguilar. So that is, they have more than a, or a third of their cap in wide receivers and tight ends without there being a great one in the group. So that's another thing that I'll pull up for you real quick because I think this is 
super interesting when you look at what other teams have done. So, right, so if you look at the other most expensive wide receiver rooms in football, it is the Chargers, who have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. The Giants, who have not done a good job there, but Kenny Galladay is just making a ton of money, but at least Kenny Galladay is good. The Jags were not well run, but they have Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, and Marvin Jones. All three of those guys, better than the Patriots' best guy. The Bucks, who have Mike Evans. The Saints, who are paying Michael Thomas a ton of money. Uh, the Cardinals, who have DeAndre Hopkins. The Rams, who have Cooper Cup. And then the Patriots, spending more than all those teams with the Chargers and Giants. You look at the most expensive, no other team in the league is spending $20 million on tight ends. The Patriots are spending $31 million on tight ends. It's just a insane thing they've done to spend all that money, in theory, to support Mac Jones. I get it. But none of the guys are that good. And then you have the what I think is going to be an obvious regression from Mac Jones, a huge problem going from Josh McDaniels to Matt Patricia. I Yeah. Uh, and one other point about the Patriots, one of the reasons all take the under for them. They start the year with what I feel to be a brutal schedule, and they end the year with an impossible schedule. So they will be underdogs. The first four weeks of the season, they're at the Dolphins, they're underdogs. Then they're at Pittsburgh. They're, I think they're one-point favorites in that game, but I don't. as much as I think the Steelers' offense is going to be a mess, I don't trust the Patriots' ability to move the ball in that defense. Then home for the Ravens, underdogs at the Packers, underdogs. So they'll be underdogs in three of their first four games and not a significant favorite in any of them. Then the schedule softens up, and then the final seven games, at Minnesota, underdogs, home for the Bills, underdogs, at the Cardinals, underdogs, at the Raiders, underdogs, home for the Bengals, underdogs, home for the Dolphins, favorites, at the Bills, underdogs. So you start your year without a single game you're significantly favored, you injure year as underdogs in six of your seven games. No, and I understand the middle part of the year is easy. They have Detroit, they have Cleveland, they have two games against the Jets. I get all that. Yeah. I, in fact, I would get plus money on this. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars will win as many or more games than the New England Patriots this year. I said that on TV on Wednesday. I'll stand by it. All right, what's next? All right. Uh, Serena Williams has announced her retirement. Yep. She said the U.S. Open could be her last tournament. Uh, is Serena the most important athlete of our lifetimes? Oh, that's such an interesting question. She the most important athlete of our lifetime. I've never thought of it that way because our lifetime obviously means we can't include Jackie. You can't include Kareem. You can't include Ali. Right. Tiger was pretty damn important. Uh, Tiger changing golf, opening golf up the way he did. Culturally, Jordan had a different type of resonance. Jordan, obviously, and Magic were very important. LeBron's been very important. Serena has a claim to it because not only she was revolutionary from a racial perspective in tennis, along with her sister in making it not a lily white sport, a black woman dominated it, for, you know, two decades, but also for women's sports showing that if it's played at a high enough level, it can outrate and be more uh, popular than the Amen. men's side of things. I know there's nothing more 
cliche in sports media than Mount Rushmore's, but she is unquestionably on my all-time sports Mount Rushmore. My all-time, I'm going to give it to you real quick. It's a top four, basically. It's a top four. No, top four. That's right. right. There's four on Mount Rushmore. Uh, I'll give you that. Hold on. No one in the production room feed this to him. I will give you, I'm not going to say $10,000, $1,000 if you can name the four presidents on the mountain. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Okay. <laughs> Can't do it? George Washington. There's one. Uh, What's his name? Kennedy? Nope, not on there. Sorry. Damn it. That's all right. It's all right, man. Don't worry about it. It's, a, it's okay. Who do, I've been I seeing too many sports around Mount no, Rushmore. I would have thought you would have gotten two. No, I, I know another one. Who is the other one? Abe. Abe. There you, okay, good job. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> that. All right. Yeah, two, two for four. Not I tried, bad. I was okay. Home. Sports Mount Rushmore. Here's how I do it. What are the oldest sports in the world? Uh, baseball. Nope. You're thinking about it the wrong way. Since the beginning of time, since before there were organized team sports, what were the physical activities people were doing? Running and fighting. So on your sports Mount Rushmore, I think you have to have the greatest runner and the greatest fighter. So Bolt and Ali have to be. Bolt's the fastest man in human history. (laughs) Ali's the greatest fighter in human history. What are you laughing about? So... What are the producers does, screwing up my show? Does Joey Chestnut get on there? Joey, okay, that's the Nick Wright public defender thing. <laughs> no, he does not get on there, even though I made a great case for him, okay? And we're going to play Nick Wright public defender later. It's the game that's taking the world by storm. So the fastest man ever and the greatest fighter ever have to be on there. So Usain? So Usain Bolt and Muhammad Ali are on there. Right. Half the world's population is women. So the greatest female athlete of all time has to be on there. There's Serena. And then just the greatest overall athlete. It helps if it's a team sport athlete. The greatest team sport athlete of all time, LeBron. There we, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what it is. <laughs> who, who are you going to put on there? Some people would argue you're going to put Tom Brady on there. Here's the thing about Brady. I want all of the athletes in my athlete Mount Rushmore to actually be awesome athletes. Like, I want all of them. So like Brady, the athletic If it's a tie, it's going to go to the guy who's a great athlete if I'm doing athlete Mount Rushmore. So Jordan obviously has a case. Right. And I would, you know, Jim Brown maybe has a case. Maybe one day Mahomes will have a case to bump off LeBron because he was a great baseball player too. Right. But in my, I think three of the four, to me, three of the four spots are locked. Like, I, I want Serena. the fastest man ever. I want the best fighter ever. I want the greatest female athlete ever. And then I want the best team sport athlete ever. And that's LeBron. So there's my four. Soccer players can make a case. I get it. But there's my sports melt Rushmore. Bolt, Ali, Serena, LeBron. We'll be right back. With Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals you will be eating stress-free this spring. Each meal is chef-crafted, fresh, and dietitian approved More importantly, they are never frozen and ready to eat in just two minutes. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including calorie smart, keto, 
Protein Plus or vegan and veggie. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled up all day long. Try meals with premium ingredients like filet mignon, truffle butter, and shrimp. Restaurant-quality food that you do not have to prep, cook, or clean up. Delivered right to your doorstep. And if you need to change your deliveries, you can pause or reschedule whenever you like. Factor is your solution for fast and premium meals. Also, for the month of April, Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for our lowest carbon footprint meals. So, what are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next. Fuel up fast, eat better, and get back to what you love doing this spring with Factor. I've, I've, I want to see Mount Rushmore. Where's that in Vancouver? It's in um, Washington, right? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, Vancouver's in Canada. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that would be an odd thing to not have in the United States. Yeah, so I'm guessing. And it's not in Washington Oregon. either. Nope. It's somewhere on the like. No, I don't want to say the Midwest. It's on the west side. South Dakota. South Dakota. Yeah, no reason to go there. The only thing in South Dakota is and it's not that great. Can no you, reason. Can you touch it? Like, can you go? Can you touch it? Is an the interesting people that did question. that is pretty crazy. Th- there it is. I mean, you can look. Yeah, you definitely can't touch it. That's like really an amazing piece of work. It's an amazing accomplishment. The fact that that was able to and be done. Abe got hair. Yeah, Abe had hair. All of them have hair. No, it's just wild to me that they, these are rocks. No, it's like amazing. They have hair. It's amazing that they were able to. I, I don't understand how. And at the time that they did it. That's another good. Well, when was it made? 1927. Yeah. Vancouver is such a hilarious guy. Yeah, that was, yeah. One of my first bits I ever did on, on TV, on The Herd, was me trying to execute a trade with Canada where we got Vancouver. Toronto and Montreal, they're three cool cities. And we gave them North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, and Idaho. We gave them that entire useless part of the country. Dude, just imagine all those people that live out there and like they're natives. Some people say that it's nothing, but to some people, you know, it's everything. That's how I feel about Kansas City. Dude, Kansas City though is a real city. Those five states, it's like what happens there. have the population of New York City. I'm bitter towards them because they get one tenth of the U.S. Senate is from there, and it's just ten conservative Republican votes every time. And the fact that we have two Dakotas is so stupid. <laughs> Make D.C. a state and just call and have one Dakota. How about that? That seems fair. All right, welcome back. What's right, Nick? Right, coming up in the next segment. I showed Amanze my undying loyalty crosses over from this podcast to another one. We try to get him on HBO. But first, before we get to the game that's sweeping the nation, Nick Wright, public defender, there's something else you want to talk about. Go ahead. A lot of people are going to be high on the lines after this hard knocks moment, uh-huh. uh, especially after the Jamal's, uh, I'm Jamal sorry, Williams. Jamal Williams emotional speech. Yeah. Are you willing to go in on the lines as well? 
Are no. you buying the hype? No. I say? no, no, no. I like Dan Campbell just fine. But I, I, I got to tell you something about that Jamal Williams speech that has gone viral. Uh, and I, this is going to be unpopular. I have my doubts on whether or not that speech, including him like, I, I get emotional talking about you guys, <laughs> happens if the Hard Knocks cameras aren't there. It felt a little performative. It felt a little bit like I was kind of waiting for him midway through the speech to be like, where's my camera? <laughs> like, Dude. Uh, it, it felt a little bit like, okay, all right, man. You were, it, 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 may, listen, maybe I'm being unfair to Jamal. Everyone likes Jamal Williams. He's, he was a fun character when he was with the Packers. He's a fine player. Felt a little performative. And I, Dan Campbell is a great Hard Knocks character. But the Vikings are going to be fine. The Bears I picked as a sleeper team. I'm I, I, I'm getting a little squeamish on them. The Packers are going to be good. I The sleeper teams that I believe in are... The, so definitely not the Lions. Not a sleeper team. Definitely not the Lions. The Jags are a legit sleeper team. I don't think it's fair for me to call the Niners a sleeper team because I think people think the Niners are going to be good, but I think that they are potentially going to make the Super Bowl. So that's like a next level, you know, not that's like sleeper means a team everyone thinks going to be bad. Right. That could be good. The one that I'm most confident in is the Jags. The next one that I think has a chance. I want to say Carolina because of Baker, but I don't really believe it. He's going to have that chip on his shoulder. I know, but I think their coach is a doofus. You know, I'm, my only sleeper team is the Jags. That's the only one. Only I'm going sleep. with the Jags. All right, let's play the game. It Nick is. Wright, public defender. Do you have to get in costume? Yeah. Is, this is every decision you've ever made in your life has led you to this moment. This point. Putting on a white wig on this stupid podcast. Never thought I'd be here. I, just, I need to be on uh, Mount Rushmore. Ma oh, yeah. You, yeah, that does look, you, it does look like that. All right. If people don't understand how this game works, it, it means you missed one episode of the podcast. How dare you? But Demonze gives me seemingly indefensible positions, and I defend them. And by the way, this does not mean I believe these things. Just as any true public defender does, you must defend your clients with vigor and enthusiasm. I think that's a nasty rule, by the way. What? Sorry, not to get political or anything, but uh -huh. we are playing public defender. Yeah. You know? I really hate that, like, you know, with some cases that public defenders uh -huh. or lawyers, they uh -huh. have to represent a really, really bad person to yeah. the best of their ability. Yeah. Even though they've indeed done some really bad stuff. Yeah. I just think it's crazy. Well, dynamic. that's a staple of uh, the American judicial system. Exactly. And it's you really, don't like it? It's really strange to me. Oh, I love it. Kind of, I think it's great. All right. I, listen. Get uh, you money, you know. As my as my well, public defenders make almost no money. Now, private lawyers make a lot of money. Uh, but for like the seventh straight show, to quote my buddy Laszlo, as everybody makes a decision at some point in their life, would I be a prosecutor or would I be a defense attorney? And I would be a defense attorney. I, I, there was, it is, it, there is no world that could exist where I could sleep at night being a prosecutor. Yeah, there are okay. a lot of worlds that could exist where I could sleep great at night, probably on a very plush bed, 100%. being a, you know, being a criminal defense attorney. All right, what's first? Uh, Rick Buecher said he heard the Nets group chat asked Ben Simmons last season, or asked Ben Simmons if he was going to play in the playoffs mm -hmm. last season. And instead of answering, he left the chat. Nick, your client is Ben Simmons. De defend his actions. Okay. Again, this is Nick Wright, public defender. 
which does not mean these opinions are actually held by Nick Wright. But as Nick Wright public defender, I have nothing to defend. This story is a farce. It's made up. It's nonsense. I would like to know who in the group chat was telling Rick Buecher about the group chat. Does he have a direct source here? I don't believe that. Probably can and in direct. fact, as I would bring Exhibit A, something that just came from Nesson.com, uh, refuting the story. Uh, the Athletics' Sham Sharania said, this is from Nesson.com, so, that it was, quote, a work of fiction. So I don't need to defend my client Ben Simmons' behavior because the behavior never happened. It sounds like Ben Simmons' behavior. What sounds like Ben Simmons' behavior? Being asked if you're going to play and then leaving. The well, chat, you know just what? Not answering. I'm glad you said that. Like right online. Because that, you know what? That sounds like ah, story's too good to check out. Oh, it sounds. This is so believable and it's so on brand. Do I need to vet this story or can I just run with it? So yeah, I don't need to defend my client's behavior because my. Do I need to defend the bank he didn't rob? Do I need <laughs> to defend the house he didn't break into? No. Just like I don't need to defend the group chat, he never left. You do need to defend him ever having a back injury, but he had that's, surgery. That's, that's neither here nor there. He, oh, you think he yeah. had an uh, unnecessary surgery? You, hey, by the way, it, it maybe I'm wrong, <laughs> but I'm looking at you wearing a judge's wig and having a gavel. Are you the judge or are you the prosecutor? Because you need to pick a lane, sir. I rest my case. Bang the gavel. Next. Kelly Olenek wore a snapback to his wedding. Uh-huh. We've got some photos to show you. Okay. Yeah. There he is with a snapback. It's a nice looking at. Mm -hmm. Def your, your client is Kelly Olenek. Defend his fashion decision. All right. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, we live in a time where it is, we are learning about privilege and what it means to have it. There's male privilege. There's white privilege. There's, you know, cisgen privilege, all of it. There's a privilege that people don't talk about, but it's just as real as the others. And that is pretty privilege. What the privilege of walking around a good looking person your whole life and the doors that opens and the fashion decisions you don't have to make. My client, Mr. Olenek, has a lot of things going for them. Being attractive to the eye is not one of them. Okay. And therefore, on the day of his wedding, when he's marrying his beautiful woman and wants to maybe distract people from, you know, let's call it his otherwise unique look, he's going to wear a different tux than some people. Maybe throw a hat on. So, yeah, maybe you, sir, don't have to worry about that because you have been, had the blessing of being handsome your whole life. Huh. Those of us that don't, sometimes we've got to, you know, do a little sleight of hand, throw on some jewelry, if you will, grow new haircuts, wear hats where it wouldn't otherwise be acceptable. So people aren't like, huh, that's a funny looking dude. So yeah, I, I, please set your pretty privilege at the door and allow my client to get married however he damn well chooses. I rest my case. You're wrong. I'm wrong. Um Okay, bang next... the gavel. I, if you're going to have the gavel, do it every time I rest my case. All right, next case. Uh-huh. Justin Tucker received a four-year, 100, or not 100, $24 million extension with the Ravens. Uh-huh. Uh, making him the highest paid kicker of all time. Yeah. Nick, your client is Justin Tucker. 
defend kickers making six million dollars a year well, that... which is absolute bs but bs six million you're right you know what you're right it is bs that he's making six million when it should be 16 million a year you know how would that more than 70 percent of nfl games come down to one score you know what i would like to have the greatest in the history of kicking footballs the greatest kicker ever the most accurate kicker ever and i'm just gonna ask you this let me go ahead and go to average annual value and let's pick a position let's pick the old tight end position which while important i would argue is not going to decide nearly as many games as kickers are who are some tight ends that make around six million dollars a year well who adds more value to your football team tyler conklin who I'll give anybody a hundred bucks if they can shout out what team he plays for. Cameron Brait, who was the third string tight end for the Bucks last year. Nick Boyle, who's the second string tight end for the Ravens. They all make more than $6 million a year. Let's pick another position. Let's go to, uh, let's go to safeties and let's just see what safeties are making $6 million a year. And then you tell me if you'd rather have them or the greatest kicker of all time. Okay, here's a $6 million a year safety. Uh, Von Bell. Or what about Jordan Whitehead at $7 million? Or Tracy Walker at $8.3 million? Would you rather have them or would you rather have the greatest kicker of all time? Oh, Nick, what about quarterback? Okay, that's a good one. Let's see how many backup quarterbacks in the league are making around $6 million a year. And you tell me, would you rather have Mason Rudolph Tyrod Taylor, Case Keenum, who just walked around and nobody, none of his teammates even knew who he was. Would you rather have Case Keenum, who you hope never takes a snap all year, or a guy who literally can win you Super Bowls? So you tell this, me. With this case sounds like you've got Justin Tucker on your on your Mount Rushmore. No, but he's the greatest kicker ever. He is the greatest kicker ever. Six Mason million Crosby. is a bargain. I don't know. Would you rather pay six million for Justin Tucker or six and a half million for Teddy Bridgewater to I mean, not guy, play? The guy does nothing. What'd you I mean, say? The guy does nothing. He his job definitely gets heated at times, but hey, man, let's be real. Okay, let's yeah, let's be real. You need a reliable kicker to win a Super Bowl. He's the most reliable kicker of all time. He had a sixty-six yarder to win a game last year against Detroit. Six million. It's one of the biggest bargains in sports. Okay. I rest my case. Bang the gap. What are in the court? Uh huh. The Bears are trading all pro linebacker Roquan Smith, probably their best player. Nick, your client is yourself. Uh huh. Defend this. We're going to show. What am I defending? Uh, what am I defending? You saying the Bears? Oh, why, why that screenshot of me with the pointing? 11 and 6 for the Bears. Um, all right, I can easily defend that. With new information, one's allowed to make new opinions. <laughs> uh, one of the huge reasons I was high on the Bears was I was expecting a massive year from Roquan Smith, obviously. If he's gone, the prediction's totally... It, it, Technicalities here, I see. Yeah, I mean, it's totally removed. Oh, I don't know. If uh, you, the, you saw what I had, the Packers there. If Aaron Rodgers announced his retirement tomorrow, would you demand I defend that? Or would you say, oh, that's different? So you're saying the Bears might be trading what some people would argue is their best player. 
a guy who's been second team all pro each of the last two years. That same Bears team that has dealt with injuries already at the wide receiver position and that same Bears team that maybe was slightly overvalued by me when I was picking all 272 games before the season. I don't, yeah, so here's my defense. It was a Roquan Smith uh, dependent prediction. If Roquan Smith's gone, prediction gone. How about that? That's my defense. That's that's a, that was a that was a fair argument. There. Thank you. That was my worst argument. That was all, of all my arguments. That was the worst one. That's the only one you agreed with. The Justin Tucker argument was impenetrable. It was perfect. What was the argument before that? Because it was damn good too. Oh, the Justin. well, I called Kelly Olynyk yeah. funny looking. That wasn't very nice, but it was funny. And the 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 other one about Ben Simmons, I just denied. You know, the old Shaggy defense. It wasn't me. Those were all great defenses. The one about my bad. Listen, the Bears pick was bad. There's nothing I can do about it. I rest my case. Hey. We try to get Demonze on HBO. Absent this stupid costume. Next. What's right? What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, welcome back in. Final segment, What's Right, Nick Wright. Man, Tuesday was a busy day for me. Tuesday, I did the TV show. I did Colin Coward's podcast on the volume. I also did Michelle Beadle's podcast. It was like a whole Sports Nation thing because Colin and Michelle were the original Sports Nation team. Michelle and I had never talked. We sparked a, a wonderful friendship that I'm sure will continue for years to come. And we brought you up, Demonze. Let's play a clip from Michelle's podcast, a little cross-promotion. I feel like this is somewhat of insider trading by our producer, Gabe, who produces both of these with his, with his company, Blue Duck. I, th I know what you're doing here, Gabe, but it's <laughs> smart by you. The more Michelle subscribers, the more Nick subscribers, the more land Gabe can buy on the beaches of Venice. But okay, let's go to the clip from Michelle's podcast, please. How do we get your son to play Byron Scott? Like, what do we need to do? Is it a petition thing or... So, I don't know. I feel like you have Hollywood <laughs> juice. I was in Sharknado 2, I think. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're... <laughs> you've been in commercials. <laughs> and here's the thing. My son is 6'3", has the exact same build as Byron Scott, played college basketball. Okay. And a silky jump shot. Now, he's 24. He's the exact age Byron Scott would be in winning time. Oh, that's pretty good. He is the perfect... Byron Scott. Can he act? Can he act? Do we know if he can act? It says in the thing, acting experience irrelevant. 
basketball experience is what we're looking for. Huh. And unlike some of the other people that have higher level basketball experience, you don't want it to be someone that the audience like, oh, I remember him playing for Auburn. Exactly. That's distracting. I agree with that. You want it to be someone like, where'd they find this guy? And the answer is the What's Right podcast. <laughs> what I've seen of the show is the guys that are playing, you know, like Magic, they're not necessarily one or the other. They just happen to be good enough at both skills, right? The acting and the basketball. So, yes. And they were not big names, which I loved. And I don't think Byron Scott's going to have a big role in the plot. He just needs to be there and be handsome. He needs to be there, be handsome, and play basketball. I think he can do it. I'm in on this. I'm trying to make it happen. We're going to call some agents and whatnot. Oh, even further. Oh, look at that. A nice little full screen for, oh, okay. okay. Enough with the athletic. All right, Gabe. That's see what amazing. You're doing there. You can take that off. I, I like the athletic. That was a line. very heartwarming interaction. That was. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. And I really hope that they see that. Okay, so here's the next step that needs to happen. Again, Demonze said the Demonze stands. That's, that's a phrase. I'm Friends of the pod. Friends of the pod. Fans. Fans is okay. Fans of Demonze continue to tweet at HBO Winning Time at Ghost Panther, advocating that deadline's coming up. I know, advocating for Demonze to at least get an audition. That's first of all. Second of all, I came in the kitchen last night, and you were watching something on Netflix. It seemed incredibly. Dumb. What were you watching? Do you remember? It's a rewatch of something I'm sure you've already seen before. Yeah. It, do you not want to say? Rather not specify. Okay, you'd rather not specify. <laughs> Whatever it is. It was something, it was just a time waster. So here's the next step you need to do. You need to, in the next four days, watch the entirety start to finish of season one of Winning Time on HBO and send a follow-up email with just a couple specifics from the series. Like, hey, I'm not sure if Byron Scott's role is going to be similar to Player X. But if it is, here's another reason why I think I'm the perfect guy for it and maybe include one of the clips from this show of us talking about it. 100%. Okay? All right. All right. So. This is, I just, I think it's, I think it's going to be difficult for you to necessarily nail, get the role. I don't think it's impossible. I do think you have a real chance of getting an audition and that's the old foot in the door. So that's your homework between now and the next pod. That's a great Photoshop. I will be monitoring from, you know, the Italian coast and, and, and see how this goes. The pod is going to be dark for the next week. We might put up some best of stuff. I'm not quite certain. If not, just go back and listen to the Bob McAdoo episode of the 50 Greatest Players Last 50 Years. It's an underrated one. Watch yep. us on YouTube. Do all that. Everyone, enjoy the last final parts of your summer. When we get back in a week and a half, we are hitting the ground running with football season seemed like there was something you wanted to say there i was just going to tell the fans since the podcast isn't going to be going on next week if they wanted to i could start up a periscope on twitter oh oh a little Q uh, and a. unsupervised demonze unsupervised yeah just demonze the- by himself <laughs> just just opening up the live stream to the audience like i'm some menace or something no i'm just saying oh. you're gonna have this whole house to yourself Gonna open up the Periscope. Okay, I don't even know if Periscope is what it's called anymore. It's but that's fine. Follow him on Twitter at Demonze Bird. Follow the show at What's Right Show. I will talk to you guys in a week and a half.